pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Scotty, how you doing today, my man? I'm good, JT. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man, it's great to have you on board once again. And, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around all these injuries, and I don't want to just bring it up, but you have to, don't you? Yeah, the injuries, yeah, you got to. It's a huge storyline. It has been all season. It is again now. Uh, you're down to whatever numbers, four and six at tackle probably, and numbers four, five, and six at safety, not to mention number four quarterback. So, yeah, it's certainly been an issue all year. Okay, so then if you looked at Joe Flacco and you brought him off the practice squad and, heck, you brought him off his couch for crying out loud, yep. where are we going to find help in the secondary? Are these guys on the practice squad or are we making moves? No, they they didn't add anybody um, to the active roster except they promoted Deron Harmon from the practice squad. So when Ronnie, or I'm sorry, when Rodney McLeod tore his bicep against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. whatever November 19th, they signed Deron Harmon to the practice squad. Now he's an 11 year vet, won three Super Bowls with the Patriots, so he's been here since okay. November 22nd. They just added him to the active roster this week. I think he's going to be the third safety. I think they're going to start with Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell, a couple of undrafted mm-hmm. guys from the last two years, and then Holman will be your third guy. You know, it's just and, and I get it, right? I get the question. I get the desire to go out and find somebody like a Joe Flacco in mm-hmm. every position. But you know, we're in December. There's not a lot of starting quality players running around. Is it a problem with free agency, or is it a problem with not wanting to pay former veterans? Um, no, I, I think oh, that's a good question. I, I think part of the roster construction at the beginning of years does favor younger guys, and part of that's because they're cheaper, right? If you got mm-hmm. a guy that's old and doesn't run as well, and you got a young guy that's cheaper and runs better, okay, let's go with the younger guy. And I think the later you get in the season, maybe that experience is more important. Um, you know, like a guy like Harmon, right? He was with mm-hmm. the Bears to start the season, they cut him. So he was looking for a job. The Browns, you know, needed a, a safety, and they went and signed him. But I think, for the most part, it's I mean, it's a tough league. Yeah, you get to be twenty nine, thirty. It's tough to play anymore, right? <laughs> you got to be in great yeah. shape. You got to be able to withstand injury. You can't be blowing out your hamstring when you try to run. Uh, so I think you know, it's just it's a younger man's game, period. Uh, and I think you see that across rosters. Scotty, yesterday we were talking, and we heard the interview with uh, Jim Schwartz and. The thing that crosses my mind is how much differently this team plays at home versus on the road. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting. I remember, JT, you guys asked me about that. I don't know, it was like week three or four. Wow. Early. And I said, well, I mean, let's get a little sample size before we start talking about it. Well, now we have a sample size, and mm-hmm. we're still talking about it, right? So um, I think it is interesting. I, there's clearly a difference in how they play at home and on the road especially defensively, um, which you know, I don't think should matter as much. Right? Like, yeah. You know, you're supposed to carry that defense with you, but I do think they feed off the energy of the crowd. I think the lack of crowd noise 
you know, helps the yeah. offense. So when they're in Cleveland Stadium, it affects the snap count. You go silent. Miles Garrett gets a little bit of a jump that he doesn't get on the road. I think all those things contribute. But I also think they're good enough that they should be better on the road and should be winning games when they get to play another game on the road. Personnel obviously has to matter. Do we get Denzel Ward back this week? I don't know that answer. He's questionable. Man. He was questionable last week. You know, it feels like he's practicing. You know, he's limited every day in practice. Um, I think it's a strength issue. We're, so you can watch him run around. He looks fine. But okay. that's not him pressing a guy at the line of scrimmage. It's not him tackling a guy. Okay. So, you know, they said they test him every day and they see if he can go. Um, you know, so I don't know. I think it is probably legitimately questionable. But after last week, which is a similar situation, except a week later, right? He practiced. He was limited in practice. This is questionable. Didn't play against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't confidently tell you that he is going to play. Well, it's interesting, too, then, because Jim Schwartz talked about different defensive packages. To me, it matters whether or not you can get a shutdown corner like that versus these young guys at safety. I mean, what do you expect Schwartz to throw at this team? Obviously, you get Justin Fields. You should be familiar with a mobile quarterback, right? Because we face Lamar Jackson twice a year. What are we going to do? We're going to run more blitzes? We're going to go more zone? What do you expect? Yeah, that's interesting, too. You know, I keep asking the coaches, you have to change things, right? You got two mm-hmm. new safeties in there, or maybe even three new safeties, or not, you know, uh, from the bench. And they're like, no, we call the same, we call the game the same way. And I don't know if that's just what they say, okay. or if it's true, right? Because yeah. like you want to, you know, make more adjustments, but I think you also have to trust the guys who are out there. Um, certainly without Denzel Ward, it changes things. They play less man. And Schwartz said that this week that he thinks one of the reasons Miles Garrett has not been as effective, or from a sack perspective, has not been as effective the last few weeks, is because teams can devote more guys to blocking him. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is you don't have Denzel Ward taking away one receiver, right? So he's got to play a couple guys in coverage. You know, maybe he helps the corners as opposed to just leaving Denzel Ward on an island, which frees up another blitzer, which puts Miles Garrett maybe in one-on-one situation, right? So mm-hmm. it's a numbers game there. So... I think not having your top corner certainly affects that. Um, from a safety perspective, maybe I, I would think you want to blitz less so you're not leaving one guy by himself to cover the last 40 yards of the field. Um, so they're going to have to figure that out. I think this is a difficult matchup from a safety perspective. You have mm-hmm. Justin Fields who can throw the ball all across the field, right? Huge arm. He can run, so you got to be aware of him running. And then they got a really good tight end in Cole Komet, which is a safety mm-hmm. curvy, right? So – I think it's a difficult matchup for these young guys. In fact, I just posted a story talking about these young safeties. And that story is up at brownzone.com probably. And Scott Petrak is, is our guest right now. And we break down the Browns every week on this program. And, Scotty, it's so weird to me because when you look through the records in the NFL right now, it seems like everybody is either 5-8 and eight or 7-6, and six, with the exceptions of the Browns being 8-5. and five. So my question has got to be this. When you look at this game on Sunday, is it better to be 8-5 and five or five and eight. Will the Browns have a sense of urgency in this game because they're playing at home? Oh, I think they just have a sense of urgency, like period. Right? It's it's your home. The crowd should be juiced up. You know, the Bears have played well lately. Yeah. And I just think at this point in the season, you know, they know they need two more wins or whatever the number is. I think it's yeah. two to get to the playoffs. I don't think you take anything for granted. Plus, you're beat up, so you know that nothing's going to be given to you. There's no walkovers, especially the way Chicago's played lately. They've won three out of four. They're getting a ton of turn takeaways. 
Mm-hmm. So no, I, I don't think I don't think there's any danger in that whatsoever. So when we look at this this Bears offense versus pretty much a banged up defense, where let's face it, they've been there's been some nagging injuries, but now they're starting to to reach the status where we've seen the offense all season long, and we're used to it. Next man up. I mean, we've got two tackles. I have no idea who they are, but the thing is, do you think the Browns? will be able to attack Justin Fields. I mean, I know DJ Moore. I'm a big fantasy guy, so I see this guy putting up outrageous numbers on a regular basis. I know, and you mentioned Cole Komet. What about this running game? What do you expect from the Bears? Yeah, I don't I don't think the Bears' running game is outstanding by any means, but that's without Justin Fields, right? When you mm-hmm. put Justin Fields in the equation – all of a sudden, they have a really good running game. The guys run for, I think it's 458 this year. He missed four games with a thumb injury. And he's a third in the league from quarterback running perspective. So he changes the dynamic. It's a mm-hmm. lot like Lamar, right? With Lamar, yeah. you add him into, into the mix, and all of a sudden, it's a really good run game. And I feel like Fields is the same way. He's strong. He breaks tackles. So, you know, I'm not, if I were the Browns, I wouldn't be worried about their running backs. I think it's, you know, Dante Freeman's in there and they got a couple other guys. Yeah. I'd be worried about Justin Fields and then the other guys complimenting him, right, with his own reading mm-hmm. and the options. Uh, but it, it, for me, it all starts with Justin Fields. And I was so nervous a couple of weeks ago when Rodney McLeod goes down. And I think I told you, I mean, this guy's kind of like an unsung hero. Not not an MVP on the defense. To me, it's Wusu Koromoa. But I'm like, man, you're really going to miss that guy until you lost Maurice Hurst. And, I mean, the list just kept going on and on and on for me, and I'm going, man, I just want to talk defense, but I've got to focus on this offense, and I want to ask you about your thoughts on Joe Flacco. I mean, is the other shoe going to drop, or is this guy really this good right now? I mean, that's the question. Unreal. Um, Yeah, I I don't think the shoe's going to drop. I think he's – first of all, I think he throws the ball too well to say the shoe's going to drop. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not going to change. I mean, he's been doing it forever, right? Since he got in the league in 2008, that's how he throws the ball. So that part's not going away. Now, is there a situation where they don't protect him well enough and he gets sacked seven times? Yeah, you could see that. Now, they played last game without their two best, without their starting tackles, right? So it's going to be mm-hmm. the same tackles this week, Jerron Christian on the left side and James Hudson the third on the right. And they held up well against Jacksonville, who's got a pretty good pass rush with Josh Allen and uh, Tavon Walker. Mm-hmm. So they held up fine, and they're helping those guys, right? The coaches are helping them, the game plan's helping them, the scheme's helping so, to me, that's a concern, right? If you've got to keep Joe Flacco healthy and upright. But if you do that, like, I trust that he's going to make good decisions. I trust that he's going to throw the ball with accuracy and velocity. So, I would lean toward, I'm not guaranteeing that he continues to play well because it's a little, it feels a little miracle-y, right? Mm-hmm. You know, 38 off the couch. But I would, if it were me, I would bet more that it is sustainable than it falls apart. Whose job is it to keep Montez Sweat out of the backfield? Yeah, well, he's I, you know I talked to both the tackles <laughs> yesterday, and he's going to go on both sides, oh. and he's going to rush, and he's been good. He's got ten sacks right between Washington and Chicago. Uh, they'll miss Yannick Ngakwe is out with a broken ankle, okay. and he was on the other side, which meant you kind of had to pay attention on both sides. Okay. Now I think the coaches can wherever Sweat is, that's where you try to help the most. Um, but, you know, it's get the ball out of sense quickly. It's chip on, It's probably chip on both sides, really, and then release the running back, release the tight end. I think the game plan will be similar to what it was last week against Jacksonville. But, yeah, he's, you know, when you look at that defense, they got some good players on that. Yes. Bears defense, right? They got a really good corner in Johnson. 
They get a good safety. Their linebacker makes a ton of tackles. And then up front, it's Sweat, and he's the guy that you have to uh, you have to slow down for sure. Brownzone.com is where you'll find Scott Petrak and all the fantastic articles that he's got up there. Scotty, when you consider the fact that we've seen good Joe Flacco the last two weeks for the most part, take me back memory lane. When would there be a bad Joe Flacco? In other words, if the Browns would gear up for the Ravens the way they do against Lamar Jackson, we know now that we've got mobile linebackers that can chase him down and everything. If we ever beat him, and we didn't beat him that often when he was at Baltimore, yeah. how do you stop him? Uh, yeah, it's you got to pressure him because he doesn't move like a field of Jackson, right? I think mm-hmm. that's number one. Uh, he's never had really high completion percentages, and I think a lot of that is because he throws deep and he throws to the sidelines and those uh-huh. harder passes. Um, he trusts his arms, so throw into tight windows and those get broken up. So, you know, I think it's a little different when you look at, like, today's quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, guys complete 70% of the passes, you know, and he's at, whatever, 55 or 57. Um, but I just think that's kind of his style. Okay. So, you know, I think you, when they played him, I guess you try to pressure him a bunch um, and then hope you can turn him over a little bit, right? Because he, yeah. he just trusts his arm enough that he'll give you some opportunities. You know, we've seen it the last couple weeks, although – you know, the one, the one to get the pick against Jacksonville was, you know, said, said Tillman ran into somebody and couldn't get up right. the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't even know if you blame that. I don't count it. I don't even count it. That was interference right. in my book. Yeah. Right. And so I hear you, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had the bad, you know, I, it was a bad pick against the Rams. It certainly was. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's turnovers and sacks is how you try to beat your tackle. It's, like ama- it's amazing, too, because we talk about all these guys on the IR yet. A lot of times we don't bring up, hey, Miles Garrett's got to be hurting, right? I mean, he talked about it last week in the postgame comments. What about Amari Cooper? Is he 100% or close to it? I think he is. You know, I mean, he came back off that concussion, didn't miss any time with that. He's still got the ribs, you know, so he's on the injury report, but he practiced fully the last two days. Mm-hmm. So I think he's about as good as you can hope for Amari, which, you know, is really helpful because, you know, obviously he's such a key part of this passing game. Scotty, if Kevin Stefanski ends up at 9-5 and five after this week, they end up getting into the playoffs, maybe even winning a wild-card game. I mean, winning games with four different quarterbacks, he's got to be in the conversation of Coach of the Year, doesn't he? Yeah, and I've been kind of keeping that home for a while here, GT. Um, yeah, and I don't think he'll win it. I think, you know, I guess it depends how the season ends. But, yeah, you know, D'Amico Ryan's in Houston is getting a lot of love. You know, Kai Shanahan's winning a bunch of games in San Fran. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm missing a couple of the guys. That sure, big time years. Um, you know, it's a lot of a lot of times the unexpected guys. But fact is, the Browns weren't expected. Now maybe they were, but not right going through everything they've gone mm-hmm. through, right. So I think he's done a tremendous job. I think from a leadership standpoint, I think from a even keel standpoint, getting the guy having guys prepared. Right, mm-hmm. and that's been a big theme this week. Is get all these backups. Well, that's a coaching thing to have these guys ready to play and still win with backups. Like that's a coaching thing, which and it starts with Stefanski, who he hired, his philosophies, all the schemes there, you know, the fundamentals they teach, the technique they teach, um, and then as a play caller, like I think he's doing a good job there. Mm-hmm. He made a bunch of good decisions last week. I mean, they were three for three on fourth down. He decides to kick a fifty-five yard field goal, and that's not an automatic decision, and it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he's pressing a lot of right buttons. One o'clock kickoff in Cleveland on Sunday. The Browns will host the Bears Sunday, December seventeenth. Scott, I was talking about this earlier. I mean, I don't know if you looked into it or pull your best Dick Goddard, but what do you expect weather-wise? Should weather be an issue on Sunday? No, I think it's going to be like 51 and maybe 
a little bit of rain. Nice. I could take that every day. I mean, we know both teams probably play in the same crap, you know, yeah. we're little Chicago and Canton. We understand what wind and crap, wind, I'm sorry, and crappy weather is like. I would imagine the Bears are probably in a pretty much the same boat, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I lived up there for four years. It's the same weather, just a little okay. bit. Perfect. Well, Scott, we always ask you this last question, and we're gonna last, we're gonna do it again this week because you've been pretty much spot on every week. What do you expect Sunday? The Browns are a three point favorite. Yeah, I'm surprised the spread is that small. I thought it'd be bigger. I understand it, you know, Flack, you know, the whole quarterback situation, the injuries. Chicago's playing better. I think Fields is dangerous, like we talked about. But I think this is a game the Browns win. I think Chicago's inconsistent. I think that'll show up. Big Fields. It's prone to turn it over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the Browns 27-20. I'd love to see that too, Scotty. I mean, because you never know what team's going to show up, but I think the Browns are kind of circling the wagons right now because they are utilizing that next man up mentality. And let's face it, this isn't a high school team. When you say next man up mentality, I told Kenny this yesterday. You're a backup in the NFL. You want to be the man. You get an opportunity. I'm taking that position. I'm not giving it back, right? Yeah, I think that's the attitude, and it's, hey, I might be called up any time. And I'm sick of hearing next man up, right, because it gets I know. cliche and redundant. Mm-hmm. But there is, there is validity to that, and we've seen it. You talk to all these guys that are coming off the bench, and they're just waiting for that chance. You know, and mm-hmm. obviously they're probably not all as talented as their starters, or maybe none of them are, um, but they're still good. And you can still figure out a way to win without your best players. Scotty, in the history, and I'm going to lie, I'm going to give, I'm going to ask one more. In the history of the NFL, is this a record with guys on IR? I don't, I, I don't know that. I don't think so. Okay. Especially, you know, late in the season, if you're, you know, if you're out of things, a lot of guys go on IR. It's just the way it works. Um, but there's a lot of money on IR. I'll tell you that. Outstanding. Well, Scotty, we always appreciate your time. We're going to work you in uh, someday next week, probably not Friday, if that's okay with you, all right? Yeah, you know where to find me. We're both off on Friday. Outstanding. Scott Petrak, brownzone.com. Always appreciate the way he breaks down the Browns because, you know, you can talk about these uh, these beat writers all you want. If you want to call him a beat writer, that's fine. But the thing is this. Scott Petrak is embedded with the Cleveland Browns. When we talk to people in Columbus and we're trying to get information on the Buckeyes, a lot of times – they don't get to see too much. Now, I'm not saying Scott Petrak gets to hang out for the entire practice, but you get more information, even though at times it doesn't seem as though, from the NFL than you do in Columbus. So it's always great to have him on with us. We always appreciate his time. And that's Scott Petrak, P-E-T-R-A-K. Check him out at brownzone.com.